Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The unmistakable theme song, which ushers you into the steam room. Oh, yeah. Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson at your service. Thanks for being here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Ernie, I'm on. I, I got to let it go today. Oh, wow. I got to let you it go today. You don't even want to ease into the steam no, room? No, I'm, I'm not easing into anything. Creep the door open, let a, a little okay. bit of the steam no, out. Kick in the door. Okay. I hope it's not. I hope it's like a, a don't break it. Just kick it. Kick All right. The, kick the, the iron I part. wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that in yeah, an actual yeah, you, steam just room. Just kick the, uh, kick the iron part, not the glass, fool. Yeah. That'd be a foolish move. Yes, it would be. Yes. Well, you kick the iron part, you're probably not going to knock it. Oh, anyway. Okay. So first of so I'm assuming you're raring to go with first of all. I am raring to go. I just want to say this. Florida State <laughs> got screwed, <laughs> jobbed, bamboozled, <laughs> led astray. Led astray. <laughs> You know, and this has nothing to do with Alabama. You know how I feel about Coach Saban. Congratulations. But what bothers me about that is, number one, it's never happened. Two things never happened before. A Power 5 school winning undefeated has never missed a playoff. That's the first thing. That's Florida State. And Georgia, no school during this generation has started the last week, number one dropped, dropped that far. below four. Yeah. So that when stuff like that start happening, that really bothers me. But what really bothers me about the Florida State thing is I saw those idiots on television in the committee talking about, well, we factor in Jordan Travis not being there. I look at it totally different. Those kids and that coaching staff won three games with backups. With a two and a three playing quarterback. That's impressive to me as a player. As a player, I don't care. And this, like I say, this ain't got nothing to do with Alabama or Georgia or whatever. As a person who played sports where you roll them out there and we're going to do our best and we win. They won three games with backups. Are they the same team? No, they're not. But they still won three games with a backup backup. And I was disgusted. Uh, and I, Booger McFarlane probably did the best job. He said, this is a travesty because we're supposed to, like last night, we were working last night. The Cincinnati Bengals played probably the best football. Well, actually, 
the, the Bills against the Eagles the week before was a great game. But the Cincinnati Bengals beat, uh, first of all, get, I hope you better, uh, what's the man name from Clemson who got hurt? Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. I hope you're healthy. I know you got hurt last night. But the Bengals started a backup quarterback, and he played great. That's what sports are. They're like, well, we don't we, – we're not going to let the Bengals. We're just going to cancel the rest of their season because Joe Burrow got hurt. Same thing with the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. I mean, no. Do you follow any of the committee's thinking? I mean, are these – are the four teams in the playoff – the best teams? No, because Alabama and Georgia probably are better teams. They uh, Listen, and I will give you that. I think Georgia and Alabama both would beat Florida State. But that's not... They, that's not the point. That's not the well, point. Well, maybe it is the point if, if, the, if the committee says, well, no, it wouldn't be if they were on the four best teams. Yeah. Because you they, think they, Georgia's still one of the four best. They make it up as they go. Yeah. I, because you, yeah. You, you remember a few years ago when... Uh, Ohio State lost their starting quarterback, and they end up winning the national championship with a backup quarterback. I think his name was Cardale Jones. Defense is part of the game, too. Yes. And Florida State played some pretty darn good defense. They did. They held a team was <laughs> averaging 38 points a game, Louisville, to six. Yeah. But it just bothered me as a sports fan because we tell these kids, go out there, do your best, we're going to reward you. And I just felt bad because th- this is just a player in me. Uh, it-, it would be the equivalent like this, Ernie. I'm going to use an NBA analogy. The Toronto Raptors won the championship. There's no asterisk because Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson got hurt. They actually won the world championship. You, you can't say, well, what if yeah. they if they had a had Durant and Clay Thompson, no, they went out there and played their behind off. Who would be your four in the in the in the college football playoff? Michigan and Washington, Alabama, and Florida State. No disrespect to Texas, but Texas beat Alabama. They did. That's another thing that bothers me. That game was three months ago. It still happened. I know it did, but it's all the teams. All the teams have gotten better or worse because some of those wins that you get at the beginning of the season, they don't carry the same weight. Because when Florida State beat LSU, LSU was ranked in the top five, but they end up losing three games. So that that hurt, that probably hurt Florida State too. But they beat two SEC teams. And I just like I say, I Maybe just, it'll all be better when it expands, Chuckster. It's definitely going to be better. It'll that, be better, but you but you know what? So when is it going to 12? Yes. That 13th team going to be bellyaching. Well, well listen, that, that that does not bother me. That's like every year when we do March Madness. If you're not one of the top 70 teams, shut the hell up. Every year we put on there who should have made the tournament. Hey, nobody goes around saying I'm number 70. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, hey, and listen, if you're not one of the top 12 teams, shut the hell up. You don't go and say, hey, we should have been in. I'm like, well, we picked 12 teams. You're battling for 13, 14. Shut the hell up. Yeah. But that just really bothered me because as a competitor, winning should matter. 
and you go undefeated and you win your conference and you're a power five school. Yes. You should be. But, but also, Ernie, it bothers me about like, yeah, they winning with backups. That to me is. It says more, something about that team. It says something about that team. All right. So that's my first thing. Okay. So my second thing. I can already tell that like a weight has been lifted off of you. You look even lighter sitting I, in the I could, chair. Ernie, because man, sports, they're the greatest thing in the world. Doesn't matter how rich you are, how big you are, how strong you are, how small you are. You roll it out there, and you get to prove it. You know, I was I was I was talking to Darren Payne, one of the really good guys, one of the great hockey analysts out there, and he was just talking about, yeah, you know, I played. You know, when I got to the NHL, they're like, oh, he's too little, he's too small. End up having a heck of a career. Yeah. You go out there and, and play, and they, they'll tell you when to go home. They will tell you when to go home, and it, it, that's just been bugging me. Okay, second thing. Okay, so I want to discuss, and this is to— Second my, of all. Second of all. This is to my people at CNN, uh, my team. So, so Your team. My team who puts the King Charles show together. I want them to know that, number one— you guys are incredible. You're working your butt off. I want to thank you. Me and Gail are enjoying it. We've only did one show. I watched it. Yeah. So it's good. There was an article came out that our ratings weren't great, but I guess we won a certain demographic. I have zero idea what demographic, but I want to tell my team and man, these Nielsen people are the biggest clowns in the world. <laughs> Name me one person you know with a Nielsen box. Are there still Nielsen boxes? Yes, but there's still Nielsen rating. Yeah, I don't, yeah. But okay. these Nielsen people try to say our ratings weren't great, but we won a certain demographic. Hey, man, to my team, <laughs> them. Don't you worry about, quote, unquote, what people tell you about your ratings. Nobody knows what people are watching. They don't. You got a group of people who get to dictate who gets hired and fired, and that's the part that sucks about the Nielsen ratings. Some people who, quote unquote, they run the industry, they tell you what everybody's watching. They have zero idea what everybody's watching. And I know the first thing you're going to say, well, he's just upset because they said King Charles didn't get ratings. First of all, you are 100% f***ing wrong. I actually said this exact same thing 20 years ago when I was on the number one show. Let me repeat that. I said the same thing about the Nielsen people when I was on the number one show on TNT. They have no idea who's watching inside the NBA. We all know people. We got all the family and friends. We got all the bars in the country. Nobody knows what people are watching. So I just want to tell my team, guys, do your best. That's all you do in anything you do in life. Just do your best because there are a lot of systems in place that make no sense. The Nielsen's are at the top of my list. They're at the top of my list. But I just want to tell the team, these guys put together terrific homework. Like tomorrow we interview. Had great guests too. I mean, yeah. Oh, no. it was great guests. But tomorrow we interview interviewing Secretary of State Blinken, which I was like going over the notes. I'm like, yo, he's got nothing going on. He got nothing to do with our interview, our King Charles show. But I really just want to talk to the guys and girls who run our show. We got a group of like five or six people who do all the homework, get all the guests, 
I just want to say thank you and f*** those nails some people. Do your best and let the chips fall where they may. Well said. Woo! Shout but, out to Nature Boy. But I'm that's, good to go But now. that's all, you know what? That's always been the philosophy too. Like, because people have asked me in the past, um, you know, well, the ratings say this, and it's like, or what are the ratings? I don't, I don't pay attention to what the ratings are. Never. All I know is, here's my job. This yes. is what's in front of me. How am I going to do that the best possible way? And whoever's watching it, that's great. We the more the better. But even if it's not, it's like you you still have your job to do. Yes, and people say, well, inside it's like the number one rated show. I'm like, man. You know what I mean? And my people and people talk about how they watch the inside show. As deep people, they never had a box in their life. And like I say, you, obviously we're on in every sports bar in the country, in the world. And But these people have zero idea how many people. They're like, well, $1.8 million. Did you count those people? <laughs> Did you really count those? Are you just making up stuff? Yeah. And it drives me crazy. So, so there I, you go. Yeah, shout out. I feel better now. I'm in a good mood, Arnie. So those are the two. Those I, are the two I, you I, had to unload. Yes, and I'm in a really good mood because I will say this. I got to give a shout out to Adam Silver. I thought that this in-season tournament was the stupidest shit ever. I, I really did when it first started. I will say it's been very entertaining. It's worked. It's worked. And, you know, you have to give credit. You have to admit when you're wrong. I thought it was going to be a stupid, bad idea, but it's been great. We were blessed last night to have two awesome games. With with the the arenas the, going the, nuts? The arenas going nuts. For hey, early December regular season game, yes. it was awesome to yeah, see. We do have to make some tweaks. Yep. Because uh, I had a serious problem with the Boston Celtics fouling Drummond up 30. And Billy Donovan. Billy whole Donovan, point differential thing. Yeah, you yeah. can't have a point differential. If you're going to do that, I think you have to factor in the regular season record when it comes to wild card and things like that. If you win your division and then a, a certain wild card, it shouldn't be point differential. If you're fouling people up 30, that's just a bad look. Yeah. It, it's just a bad look for the game. Right. Uh, I have one suggestion. Are you done? Yes. Here's my one suggestion. Uh, and I think because I did watch uh, King Charles the other night and thoroughly enjoyed it. But I think if you want ratings to go up, your socks need to go up. Because this is not a good look, Chuckster. This, this low socks hey, with for, those uh, pants uh, hold, hold on, showing hold on, about hold on, four inches of, of skin. Hey. That is not a good look. Hold on. I just want to make this perfectly clear. Shout out to the great John King. Mm -hmm. This was a rehearsal show. No, look, but look at, look at last week. That's a rehearsal show too. Look, I watched the, I watched the show. That's a rehearsal show. But if you look at last week, when I started watching the show, this Chuckster, what, what about the socks? Okay. uh, I will get some, wear some regular socks. Well, I'll tell you something funny. About the the the, um, the premiere show, yeah. I was so freaking nervous for the show. Were you really? I forgot my shoes. I got really shitty shoes on. So you were getting dressed at obviously at the studio. No, so no. So 
we we are, we're doing our show on Tuesday. Right. I had to catch a seven o'clock flight. So I was kind of flustered because I kind of had when I get there, you have to kind of go right into the studio because you have to be there like two, three in the afternoon. So when I was getting all my crap together in the morning, I was really nervous because obviously it's a premiere. It's a big deal. I forgot my shoes and I had these crap ass shoes on and I was so and low sock and low sock with legs showing. Yeah, I had crap <laughs> well, shoes. There and, it is, uh, right there. Oh my god, that's the whole reason. I know that's the whole but, reason. But, but I get it. I get it. Socks up. Socks up. Ratings up. That's right. There you go. It's one of those little and call, and tricks of the trade. Call the and get a box, y'all. <laughs> All my relatives. All Gail King's relatives. All your golf buddies. That's right. That's the demo. <laughs> Back here on the steam room. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. We have a a comedy icon, a Tony Award winner, um, and a guy who owns, from all reports, 50 pairs of overalls. And he's wearing one of those pair even as we speak, as he joins us. 50 pair of overalls. David Allen Greer. Is it still at 50? It's actually more than 50, but that's the, that's what I'm claiming. <laughs> I always like wearing them. But now, you know, when I was young, that's what like hippies and cool people wore when I was in college in the 70s. But now I just look like an old black sharecropper. So it's not <laughs> the same. But they're comfortable. It's an adult onesie. That's why I wear it. So, so you were, were, before we came on, we were talking about your daughter. Now, how do your kids look at you when you're wearing overalls around their friends? It's an embarrassment. Yeah, everything is embarrassing. <laughs> my daughter, when she was in elementary school, I was wearing my overalls, and the kids all gathered around. They thought it was show and tell. They said, oh, Lulu, did your granddaddy, is he a farmer? <laughs> <laughs> so kids don't care. They cut you down. They, I said, first of all, I'm a father, all right? And second of all, no, I'm not a farmer. I'm an actor. And they're like, why are you dressed like a farmer? Chuckster, when did you first... When did you first um, come across David Allen oh, Greer? Was it's it? Pro- uh, it's probably a hundred years yeah, ago. I mean, I, I I remember you know the thing that sticks out in Living Color obviously sticks out for me. But you were at this for long before then. Uh, I was, you know, in Living Color was my first big break because it was on TV. But I started on Broadway actually in 1981. I played Jackie Robinson in this musical called The First, and it was about his life, you know, breaking into the major league. I met Rachel and uh, his daughter, Sharon. Uh, they brought one of Jackie's jackets, his warm-up jacket, to the show. I think she wore it. And they, the, the most incredible thing is they kept saying, um, Rachel wants to know when you want these, uh, these books. You know, they had pictures and programs. So Jackie Robinson, I'm like, oh, I get them. So I go by the producer's office and these books, these photo books were like three feet by two feet. They were huge. And they went all the way back to when he was a little kid. Jackie Robinson lettered in every sport. Man. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they were absolutely stupefying. His brother, Mac, you know, came in second to Jesse Owens at the Olympics. I mean, I, I really learned so much 
about his athletic uh, uh, legacy. Not only that, what he did for the community. He was speaking out way before a lot of people. I mean, for equal rights, uh, humane and equal treatment. So he was an incredible guy. And Ben really opened their arms to do it. But then the show flopped. So. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? You got a you got a Tony nomination for that, and then it would be forty years before you won. You actually won a Tony, man. I'm so glad they didn't tell me that. But I'm so much better prepared now. I really don't know what would have happened had I won then. That was my first professional job, and uh, it really all my you know my parents came, my grandmother came, my grandmother got lost at Studio Fifty Four on opening night at the party. And <laughs> I was like, Grandma, come over here. What you doing? This is the VIP room. You're not supposed to be in here. But um, it was it was wonderful. It was a really wonderful experience, wonderful way to be welcomed into uh, this acting community. And plus, I remember Leo DeRocher came, Ralph Branca. Really? All these... Uh, who else came? Uh, I, I met so many... Uh, baseball stars. That's when I met Dave Winfield back in the day. Um, all of them. It, it was funny on the opening night. At one point, Rachel Robinson pulled up. She goes, "You know, all these old white ball players are so nice now. They're all the ones called a Jackie Dane." Oh, <laughs> wow. Funny, you know. Wow. That <laughs> just people like, "Great job. We love the show." I was like, "Wow." Hey, Ernie kind of glossed over it. Did he say forty years? Forty years. I'm sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. It's the beard, Charles. If I cut this off, I look like a baby. What's wrong with 67? We're both 67. He and well, I are both 67. Because we met 100 years ago, and I thought we were close to the same age. Well, you are. You're in your 60s. I'm just 60. I didn't realize he was seven years older than oh, me. That's hey, a lifetime. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. What do people call you? All right. My, my, my close friend, Dag was given to me. That name was given to me by Adolf Seeger when we did Soldier Play, then Soldier Story. Um, David, nobody called me Dave. But did they call you David Allen? My mother called me all my name. If I was in trouble, she would say David Allen Greer. <laughs> You'd say, step to me right now. David Allen. Yeah, my oldest, dearest friend, they call me David Allen. Being from the South, a lot of people call me Charles Wade. Uh, nobody, nobody since I became in the limelight, but in my growing up, it's, it's Charles Wade. So I was curious, do people call you just David or they use your first two names? That's why I was asking. My old friends say David Allen. But wait, you know, I never heard anybody on planet Earth call you Charlie. Because uh, I hate Charlie. Uh, well, okay, hold on for a second now. That's all changed for me now because... My oh, new yeah. my new granddaughter name is Charlie. And okay. so and, and being a grandpa is the greatest thing ever. I've all that's what's really funny and ironic. I, people call me Charles or Chuck, which is fine. I used to hate when people I said, you can call me Charles or Chuck. Do not call me Charlie. Now I'm going to have to change my whole game plan with my granddaughter because now I love the name Charlie. So we're good to go. Charles bought me a drink in Los Angeles many, many years ago. This has got to be 20, 20 years. It's got to be longer than that, because I've been retired for 23 or four years. <laughs> but this last time I remember, you were there 
you're in a restaurant, you know, and you sent this drink over with the nicest message from the waiter. And we, you know, raised our glasses. It was, it was great, man, because I've been watching you for so many years. And by the way, I love you guys show um, on TNT. So when they came to me and they said, listen, Charles and Ernie are doing a podcast. I said, I'll do it. <laughs> we appreciate it. Hey, what's harder doing a play or acting? Um, a play is different, is a different discipline because once you start, you can't stop. You can't go back. You can't say, hold up, hold up. Let's run that scene again. <laughs> you got to keep, keep going to the very end. And then we discuss it. One of the things I like about doing uh, live theater is there's several performances. You do eight performances a week on Broadway, weeks, months, a couple of years at a time. So it's a discipline where I'll get it right tomorrow. I'll try something different tomorrow. I missed something tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch it tomorrow. On a movie, it's the exact opposite. You do little increments, a lot of times out of sequence. You do your death scene the first day on the set. You barely know everybody else. Your love scene, day number three. I mean, you know, it's all disjointed, but it requires you to be ready for all those things. They put it together uh, when you're all done. It's very rare. I don't think I've, I've maybe shot one or two movies in sequence. That means from the beginning to the end. You know what I mean? That's rare. You just, they get what they can with depending on the weather and the set of it. I ask all my actor friends this question and it's, they always get really crazy good responses. Have you ever shot a movie where you know, like, this is going to be a shit movie? <laughs> yeah, it's important. <laughs> <laughs> but the check didn't bounce. No, there's a, there's a monetary uh, element to that. Um, once you start buying things like houses and cars and paintings and uh, you get a couple ex-wives in there. Uh, <laughs> Got to do that bad movie, uh, you know, about zombies or whatever and get that paycheck. <laughs> but, you know, the the most my, my harshest critics are at the grocery store. Usually the bag lady, the bag boy. They're like, why would you do that, man? I was like, oh, one time. And this black kids, they saw me. They said, you want dancing with the stars. I said, they said, then why you do that? I said, Listen, it, they pay you just enough so that when they talk about you, you don't walk off the show. And they said, all right, then, stay off. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you lost like 25 pounds doing Dancing with the Stars. I did, man. Because, you know, for men, the Dancing with the Stars is basically, you're a jungle gym. You just pick the lady up, you put her down, you swear around, you catch her, <laughs> throw her back up in the air. So that was the best exercise. <laughs> He's a hundred percent correct. My NFL friends, I haven't talked to many of my NBA friends who did Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. They said, "Man, this is the hardest shit I've ever done in my life." <laughs> they said it was crazy. Like you out there rehearsing ten hours a day, your feet are killing you, your back is killing you. Like I'm talking about guys who actually in the Hall of Fame. They're like, "It's the hardest." And they played. They're like, "Dude, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life." And you know the way they get you is. Your partners, these are beautiful women, scantily clad. So when Natalia, or whatever her name is, says, look, Dave, we need to rehearse at 5 a.m. out in the field in Northridge. I'll be there. 
<laughs> I'll be there. I would never leave. I would never leave for nothing were her. Hey, what do you what issue do you have with pickleball? You know, I came here with, with such a peaceful attitude. <laughs> Listen, um, I live in a cul-de-sac in a beautiful neighborhood, and uh, these group of elderly Caucasian people, I ain't my fellow. I didn't trust them. They looked dangerous. They said, "Can we play pickleball in your cul-de-sac?" I said, "I was about to say no." They said, "Everybody else said yeah." I said, "Okay, well, okay." So they started, and they would come there every Saturday, block the whole cul-de-sac. Every time you drive up and down the hill, you got to stop and wait. Uh, these people were violent. They would <laughs> give me gifts and stuff, try to soften me up. I never, I, I, I thought they were gang. I didn't like them. Um, put up with them. Finally, they, they picked another place. I guess one of the other neighbors yelled at them. I, I never yelled at them. I don't, I don't like pickleball. Have they invited you to play? Uh, they tried all that. But it was always <laughs> like, I don't like y'all, man. Go ahead, play your little puppy game. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. I was nice to him. I did not. I wasn't mean. I didn't run them all. The other folks did. Yeah, you just referred That's to it I'm as right. a plague. It must stop the plague of pickleball. Plague. <laughs> Come on. Now, now we're going to have to watch pickleball on TV. No, nobody wants to see that. I know. I, but, hey, hey, how many, you, you, you talked about your daughter. How many kids do you have? One daughter. And I'm saying this because I thought one or two more kids would come forward, really. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm in the exact same boat. I have one daughter. She's 34 now. She has two young grandkids, which is the greatest thing ever. How do you balance growing up poor in Alabama, myself, living in the project, great mom, great grandma. How do you balance with your success? Because, you know, I've been in the NBA for 40 years, and we'd have these conversations on the bus, because, you know, uh, and on the plane, because we all got a shitload of money, and we don't know how to handle our kids. It's like, mm. it's a crazy, like, because they want everything. But how do you balance that? I mean, it, it's, it's like I say, I've heard a lot of horror stories from NBA players with their kids. How do you balance that? Well, I mean... I didn't grow up poor. You know, my dad was a doctor, psychiatrist. They got divorced. Me and my mom when I was very young. Um, but still, I remember when my daughter, when Lulu was like in elementary school, she said, well, why don't you just retire? I was like, retire from what? She said, from acting. Then you can just, you know, watch me. I, I didn't know what she was really saying. Because, you know, my job uh, took me away. You know, I have to go on location. I co-parent with her mom, and, and uh, who's a great mom. Um, my point is, I was like, well, what am I going to live on? She goes, oh, you got money. I was like, no, I got to go get the money. She just thinks, <laughs> oh, you have money. You don't have to work. Oh, look, you have all this stuff. And I was like, no, no, I still have to go get the money and put it in the bank. Um, she doesn't have a concept. So I, I, I can only imagine if I came from really impoverished background because I have friends like that who try to impress upon their kids that don't let this land go before you. You know, this is not where I came from. They don't get it. All they see is their reality. You know, we put them in private school. You got maids and, you know, gardeners, all kind of stuff. That's their reality. Hey, how, how good you feeling about your Michigan Wolverines right about now? Uh, I'm feeling very good. I'm feeling very good. For, first of all, to be from Michigan, we've already won. There's only two games that Michigan has to win. Right. That's beat Michigan State 
and beat Ohio State. So we've already won. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen with Alabama. I feel really good. Uh, Coach Harbaugh's back. Um, and I, I think we have a shot. I mean, what else? But I feel great just because Michigan State really wasn't a factor this season. And uh, Ohio State, it was that game with Nick and Tuck, man, but they pulled it out. I'm most impressed by the wins that Michigan had or was able to get uh, without Coach Harbaugh. And um, now he's back. I, I, I mean, it's been great, man. We haven't lost a game yet. Well, well, in fairness, y'all do know the other team's plays. That's why y'all undefeated. I mean, but. And, that is, and you know good and well, man. If you ain't cheap, you ain't trying to win. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Wait, are you, are, are you a Lions fan? No, no. I mean, I like the Lions. I'm just telling you, University of Michigan was my alma mater. Um, I have a deep and close emotional attachment to University of Michigan. I'm from Detroit, born and raised. I went to Little Lions games. I just don't really, I'm not as passionate about professional uh, football. Basketball, of all the professional sports, basketball is my favorite, um, favorite sport to watch. But, you know, I'll watch the Lions. I- I'm really all in on Michigan. Hey, this is this is not a real smooth transition, but it's something that I wanted to ask you about just so I don't leave it out there. Um, so did your family, when you were a kid, did you, were you in a march with Dr. King? Yeah, absolutely. There was a freedom march in Detroit in 1963 before the March on Washington. So you're like seven years old at the time. Yeah, I was a little kid. But, you know, what happened was I wanted to stay home. And, and play with my friends. And my parents were like, you know, for weeks, they're like, no, we're going to do this march. And the kids down the street, they didn't they didn't go to this march. And so they were teasing me. And uh, and we had to put on our church clothes. It was a really hot day. And I know I was promised the ice cream cone, so that's how I was bribed to march from my freedom. <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, but absolutely. And I'll tell you something. When I was doing a play, I found one of the original posters for that march uh, online, and uh, I lost it in that auction. I wasn't able to get it. I finally got a copy of it, and um, one of the original posters. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah, you know, as a actor, comedian, whatever, who's the funniest person you ever been around? Man, that I've ever been around. You know, when we did Boomerang. Martin Lawrence and I got to be really tight. Martin auditioned for the Living Color. He and I auditioned together. And um, so I knew Martin really well. Martin and Eddie Murphy and I would sit around all day shooting the breeze. That's what you do on a movie set. Uh, Martin was just so funny. <laughs> Martin also playing. When you hang out with the Wayans, like Keenan, Damon, Marlon, all of them, they are bagging so hard. Yeah, but individually, I'd probably say Martin Lawrence back in the day, just off the dome, off the top. It would start with breakfast, and we would go all the way through for the next 12, 15 hours, just in stitches. Little funny. Well, you and Eddie Murphy are together again in, uh, what, Candy Cane Lane, right, is a... Uh... 
available on Amazon Prime? Yeah, man. I haven't seen, you know, I hadn't seen Eddie in a long time. I, I couldn't even believe it's been 30 years since he did Boomerang. Wow. He and, yeah, he and Reggie Hudlin, who's the director, who directed Boomerang also. What, what's so strange about this business, you know, I walked on set and we just picked up right where we left off. We're a little older. You know, he's got kids, he's got grandkids, I got a kid, everybody's got kids, a couple <laughs> marriages, you know, under the belt, and uh, real laid back, and just like, no timelessness. So it, it was really fun, man, and really beautiful. You know, we we covered a lot of stuff here, man, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate you letting us kind of jump around, but I think we touched on a lot of stuff that was really, really cool, and and, and you're so gracious with your time. David Allen Greer, thank you much, man, for joining us in the steam room. And and is there a, is there a particular brand of of uh, overalls that I should be shopping for? Is that would be Dickies or something like that? Dickies is cool. Key. Uh, if you want the best overall, you got to get a vintage pair. Make sure they're made in the USA, hundred uh, <laughs> percent cotton, and go for it. Okay. Gotcha. Charles, why are you laughing, man? This is serious. I'm laughing because. You got a bunch of overalls, not like one pair. You got, you got, you said, oh, I got a bunch of overalls. He's a connoisseur. I, 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 as a connoisseur. Yeah. Well, I've been collecting them since I was, you know, when I used to be on tour back, you know, in Living Color back then, whenever, any town I was in, I would look for uh, a working club, work clothes for men. Get one of those shops. You could go over there, go through the rack. Now they have the internet. You could do all that on eBay. But I did it all across the country, man. Since I was in high school, I loved it. Well, you know, number one, I just want to thank you for taking the time. You've had an amazing, amazing career. So thanks for taking a little time. We'll let you get back to the farm. (laughs) Again, man, I'm your biggest fan. I love you guys. I love you guys to death. Keep on doing what you're doing, man. Thanks for the support. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. So how slow must retirement life be (laughs) that this day would bring the legendary Tim Kiley uh, out of his house in Dunwoody down to our studio to be a live guest? In person. How how was Iceland? (laughs) Tremendous. It's like going to the moon. It's the coolest thing you've ever seen. So what's the temperature like over there right now? When we were there, it was in the 50s. So it's not like it, and it drops down into the 30s. And then, you know, I mean, it's, but to see everywhere you go, you, there's a, we drove underneath a rainbow as a waterfall was coming over us. Wow. It's, it's just, wow, were there like unicorns yeah, prancing I'm, I'm, around I'm, too? I was waiting to see one there. Yeah. Honest to gosh. I mean, usually you're so used to, you know, your family vacations, go to the beach, go to the beach, go to the beach. This is not the beach. Yeah. You know, and it's it's, it's fun. How's the food? Good. It's really good. They love I'm lamb. I'm surprised that wasn't your first question. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you got jokes today. Yeah, all kinds. So they love lamb? Lamb and then obviously tons of fish. Okay. So, so you do all right so over scratch, there. So scratch Iceland off. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, no burnt steaks. And lamb and no go. No go. No go. Lamb and fish. No go. Not until they change the menu. Right. Fried at catfish. Yeah. That's it. So what, are you, what so- are you doing here, man? I got my here, socks man. up. I oh, got my it's socks a good up. idea to have socks up. Today, doing the doing the pod is fine. You know, the no sock look is great, and and, and that's great. But again, those were rehearsal uh, shows, Ernie. 
if you look back at the actual show from the other night, you will I see. I had long socks on and shitty shoes. Yeah. No, and you had no, you had some a lot bad, of cursing today in this show. You had some yes. bad. You had some bad socks. All right, so what but, you, what, well, what, you know what? The other way to get ratings up, Chuck, an easy way is to have a Hall of Famer on the show, right? We had Fat Joe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We have our Hall of Fame. We Famer had Steve Kerr. Right here. This man right here is about to be inducted into the television Hall yes, of Fame. Yes. So the sports sports uh, broadcasting. Yeah, the yeah, sports broadcasting. Next week in New York. Y- you know, how much fun. You, you got to be having a ball with that. It's going to be awesome. The whole family's going up. Everybody? That's yeah. great. Kids, grandkids, leaving Sunday. <laughs> yeah, 13, hey, 13 14 of us. Hey, uh, Mayor Adams, keep the cops on alert. Ernest bringing the entire tribe up. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be something, that's for sure. Well, we've had kind of a television theme throughout the show, right? Yeah, we're on television. We were, uh, well, this is podcasting. So we're going to do a little quiz. Okay. All right. And is that you why we're holding That's why you're buzzers? holding these. Obviously, it's Buzz. Cap will make the call on who, who beat him because I may not be able to see who pushed the button first. But you can, you, uh, we're there's you're a gonna light coming to, on. You're going you're to listen to 10 seconds of the theme of a television show, and you have to then tell me what it is. What if we know it right away? Well, then right you, away. Then you the ring button. in. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Television show number one. Good turn. Ernie. No. Wrong. That's wrong. Go ahead. Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son. You're, you are correct. Okay. You ready? Um, you know all the black shows. <laughs> <laughs> We're all black friends We're here. All black friends. We're all black friends. <laughs> all right, number two. Chuck? Modern Family. Oh, he's 2-0. Oh. oh, very good. It's 2-0. and oh. very white. He, he was on the show. Yes, he was on the show. I know white shows, too. I know white shows, too. All right. <laughs> all right, number three. Now the world don't move. One day at a time. Nope. Oh, facts of life. Nope. Oh. Ernie, a guess? I have no clue. Different stroke. Oh, man. That's I, a, what, that, what you talking about, Willis? That's it. I was going to say, how could you miss Willis? I, I, uh, disappointment. All right, here we go. Number four. DJ. Mash. Boom. Number five. Oh, fresh print. There Man, you go. You just got yeah. it. This is an easy one. Number six. From Television City in Hollywood. Boy, the way Glenn Miller. All in the family. Oh, Chuck. Is my buzzer not working? Hit it. Just hit it. Hit it. See, oh, it's working. You just slow. <laughs> no, Four to not, one, Chuck. At least. All right. <laughs> you ready? Number seven. Ernie. Twilight Zone. All right. Number eight. Chuck. The Jeffersons. Ooh, what's the score, Cap? A lot to a little. <laughs> Five to two, Chuck. You got a chance, Ernie. Number nine. Go ahead. I'm just going to guess Star Trek. That's it. I yeah. knew Ernie you can't stand that one. So he, no Wait, hold on. You don't like Star Trek? Hate it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number Two 10. snaps up in the circle. Number 10. <laughs> oh, boy, this worked. King Charles. Yeah. 
You don't even know the music <laughs> to your own show. Is that it? You bonehead. What are you doing? I'm not listening to that. I'm listening to the producers and their tape. That, wow. <laughs> Wasn't that a bonus question for 10 points? <laughs> and I win. He's got, I, we've got, we've got a bonus question. Oh, okay. Okay. How much uh, is this one worth? This is worth 75 points. Yes. The 75 points, 75,000 points. Go ahead, Cap. Go ahead. Mission Impossible. Oh, uh, there Dog you go. my cats. Now, uh, Ege, here's the thing. When I put Mission Impossible on the list, Cap said to me, why are we putting a movie on? Oh, my God. With, oh, what a, a bunch of TV oh, show. Come on, Cap. Mission Impossible was a tell- Come on, that Cap. That was my CTV. These kids. And we these let him run the controls around here. Chuck, <laughs> these kids. Come on. These kids. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, anyway, uh, it was a nice game. Seven to three, Chuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you well, TV. Well, Ernie was Ernie going actually to, reads books. Well Chuck just watches TV. I'm watching TV. That's it. Hey, move that antenna. <laughs> move the rabbit ears. <laughs> That's exactly right. Give me, give me some more aluminum foil. Hey. hey. Thanks. That's Thanks. great. Hey, and then Appreciate once the TV breaks, when the knob breaks, you have to turn the TV with a, uh, a pliers. <laughs> There you go, Chuck. Do you actually miss me in your ear in the in the? In the I the miss show? you. Oh, all right. Not wait. The, that not was you in my ear mm-hmm. in the work. Oh, I didn't know that. I miss you. Oh, all right. but I didn't okay. know you. I just was, want to make sure uh, you, we were. All I right. didn't realize that was you in my ear. <laughs> but we Thanks, got. Cap. We got. Uh, but uh, hey, tough act to follow you, brother. <laughs> You're too kind. That's Cap's job. Great to see you as always, Legend. Thanks yeah, thank for you, thanks Ernie. for making a, of an in-person uh, appearance. Where are you it's going next? F. Uh, where are you going next? Ireland. Ireland. Got to go back to the old sod. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your tie alone in the steam room. We are back inside. Which studio are we in here, by the way? First of all, this is not a studio. This is a dungeon. This is a dungeon. Studio V. This is a bit closet. But but on this monitor, it looks like it a looks spacious. Heat. But I just studio. want y'all to know this is we're in a closet, y'all. Yeah, it's a little it's a little <laughs> little tight. Um. But uh, we've reached the uh, the final uh, segment of uh, episode number. Is this one hundred and three? Uh, yes, it is one hundred and three. Um, and we always conclude the show with Chuck's answering machine. Wait, I thought we were going to conclude with your like. No, well, it's we start the last segment with answering machine with answering machine, and then You're you right, leave because, us with something because, positive. Yeah, we leave something uh, good for the soul. Um, but the number. See, this is going to be confusing for you because I know on uh, King Charles, you have another you have another number you have to commit to memory. Or actually, they put it in the big monitor for you with the thirty four thirty four K I N G. Well, I could. Well, I would still get that. Would be easy. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the number for Chuck's uh, answering machine? Four four nine eight seven three zero zero three zero three three zero four zero four nine eight seven. Zero three three zero. I was I was in the neighborhood. You were, yeah, you had a lot of the uh, right digits. That's exactly. I had all the right digits, <laughs> yeah, just not in the right order, which can be important. Uh, first call. Hello, world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message. Hi, Chuck and Ernie. My name is Kel. I'm a veteran and loyal steamer from Sarasota, Florida. 
I started listening to the steam room just this year while traveling for work. I'm totally caught up and it's been a super fun ride with y'all. You're both so kind and intelligent and thoughtful and hilarious. I've searched everywhere for the Inside Story documentary and I can't find it anywhere, even for purchase. Can you help me find out where it's available? Thanks again for everything. I may be a little late to the party, but I'm a lifelong fan of you both. And Merry Christmas. You're never, you're never late to the party wow. as long as you that, come to the party. First of all, Welcome that, to the that party. documentary, yeah, the Inside Story was amazing. Where do you get that? Uh, is it streaming on Max Cap? Is that what you're telling me? Go to Max. Yes. Go to Max, and you can find it right there. The Inside, the the thirty. 30th anniversary of Inside the NBA. It was really they, cool. Yeah, Audie did a great job on that. Yes, Everybody did. did. And uh, yeah, so I would, yeah, I recommended viewing. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. There were so many things that were included in that that I had forgotten that happened. It you was know, really good. This is my 24th year. And looking at the documentary, you're 100% correct. I'm like, wait, I don't even remember doing that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I like, yeah, mm -hmm. and I said, oh, now I remember that. Now I remember that. Yeah. But also, I want to say thank you, because if, you be, if you're a loyal steamer, it's two people I really admire and respect. Teachers and anybody who's in the service. Nothing but mad love for teachers and anybody in the service. So thank you for being a veteran. You know, our government sucks how we treat veterans. Uh, I learned that through my affiliation with Wounded Warriors. So I hope that the government is treating you as a vet and all these veterans better. So, but thanks for being a law steamer. Yeah, we appreciate that. Next call. Hey, Charles. Hey, Ernie. My name is Colin. I'm currently a, a junior at college. I'm from Chicago. I've been listening to your guys' podcasts for about two years now, and it's really helped me get through some tough times. And I just want to say thank you to the both of you. Tune in every single time I can for Inside the NBA. It really is the best show in the world. So I just have a question for you guys. What are your guys' favorite shows to watch? Well, that's obviously, number one, thanks for being a, a, a law steamer. What I tell every college kid, first and foremost, you got control of your destiny when you're in college. Make sure that you get the job that you want. Don't let the system dictate what job you get when you in college and can get the degree and the job you want control your own destiny remember that when you're in college it's like this is the job i want because as i told my daughter you got to do this job for the next 30 40 years and if you get a job that sucks you first of all you're going to be unhappy and the rest of your family going to be unhappy because you can't reach your full potential if you got a, a, a shit job that you don't want. You want to get two jobs. You want to get two jobs. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, as far as shows, Ted Lasso. Yeah, uh, uh, great. But mm -hmm. it's over, right? Yep. Um, I'm watching one now called Special Ops Linus with uh, uh, Zoe Zaldano uh, and Nicole Kidman. It is fabulous. Uh, Special, Special Ops, Ops Linus. It, it is okay. unfreaking believable, Ernie. Right. That's my new spot. You know, because billions is gone, succession is gone. Yeah, but st still, if if you weren't um, in on those shows when they were hot, they're still out there. Oh yeah. So now it's a great recommendation. Yeah, I succession, I, I billions. How about um, Your Honor? 
I have not watched it. Oh, a, man, you got to watch I Your I like Brian Craston, yeah. though. Yeah, Your, Your Honor I like Brian Craston. Standing. Yeah. Ozark, another uh, yeah. good one. Yeah, but Brian, Brian Craston somebody I'd really like to meet. Mm-hmm. He, he's on my list. But right now, Linus, you know what? I just thought I, I was watching. I was with Mike Breen the other day. We were flying to Phoenix, mm-hmm. and I copied his television just looking around. Man, and I, I, I couldn't find a good movie. So I started watching The West Wing. Oh, yeah. Which which I've watched a million times. You know, HLN did something last year where they just did like a week of yeah. West Wing. When they're not doing forensic files. First yeah. of all, Ernie, yeah. you almost crossed the line right there. Why? Don't ever say anything bad about forensic I files. I listen to forensic files on the radio when I drive home after the... It's on you HLN. You watch it? Oh, I, I've watched... I've seen every one of them. It's unbelievable. But... But it's also on, you know, HLN's on your radio. When I'm driving home late at night after shows in the studio, I'm always listening to it. I watch Forensic Files religiously. The way they get fingerprints off crap or footprints, I'm like, damn, this is unfreaking. It lets you know how many, number one, how many damn crooks out there. But some of the way they solve crimes, like especially... When they find out something happened like 10, 15, 20 years later and they yeah. get a hit because some of the DNA, because the, first of all, I, I, I think I'm, of all. I'm really weird. Yeah. Am I weird? Yeah. I think we should fingerprint and DNA every person in the world at birth. All right. Next call. I'm going to see. That's a hard hey, no, I guess. Hey, Chuck. This is Matt Wood from Atlanta, Georgia, checking in. Uh, I was just listening to last week's episode and you said you never drank coffee. But on inside all the time, you're sipping out of this mug. I was wondering, what's in the mug? Key? Is it water? What do you got going on there? Why'd you choose the mug? Shaq's always got the Yeti cup, which I thought would be a better choice for if you're going water, like, you know, maybe a drink you want a little bit more quantity of. The Yeti the Yeti cup, probably get a, more, a little more insulation there. Let me know. Thanks, y'all. One of my weaknesses, I never drink water. Uh for some reason, you need I, to drink water, man. I never. I know. I know. I know. It's a given. I know Clark Kellogg rides me unmercifully doing March Madness because he's Cause a man. It's you all got to rinse those organs. That's how he the said. Diet it. Coke. I, I, man, all I do is drink Diet Coke. So what's in my cup is Diet Coke. I drink too much Diet Coke. I'm probably doing fifteen to twenty Diet Cokes a day. I know that's too many, but I actually like Diet Coke. Oh, really? I do. I wouldn't gather that I, I, from a I guy do. who drinks 15 to 20 in a day. I, I, you, you know you, know, you actually like that? Or you're just forcing it down? You know what's crazy? Every day, I stop at a little market. And buy all their Diet Coke? Well, <laughs> I get I get the big styrofoam cup and just, I get a Diet Coke there. And then I buy, you know, another five or six. And I use that same cup all day. I do the same thing every morning. I get one of those big gulps. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I'm addicted to Diet Coke. I like it. It tastes good. It really does. So that's what's in my cup, brother. <laughs> hey, listen, I couldn't drink because what people don't understand, we're on from 7 o'clock to 2 in the morning. That's like 10 Diet Cokes worth, isn't but, it? But I know, but if I was to drink something stronger, 
Boy, would that post game show be fun? (laughs) I would be blitzed from drinking from seven to two in the morning. Try water; it also works. Um, (laughs) Hey, okay, now let's wrap it up. Yes, good for the soul. Can't wait for this. Good for the soul. EJ is good for the soul. I think that would be a great way to end the show. Love that idea. Good idea, Ernie. A toast to my big brother George, the richest man in town. I have uh, I have a clip for you, Chuckster, um, which is good for the soul. And I I don't have all the details. Okay. Like I don't know exactly where it happened. I don't know exactly how old this person is. All I know is his name is Xavier, and he claims to be the fastest kid in the world. And this is what happens when he's on the school bus every day. Ready, Xavier? Look at me. Give me a thumbs up. All right. How good for the soul why, is that? Why is adults screw up everything and these kids are I the know. best? Adults I know. screw up the whole world. And when you see kids like that, it is good for your soul. There is, and there are other videos. There's one of him running in the rain, you know, and he's, the driver says, are you ready? You know, and gives it one of these and then sprints down the road. And that's. Um, that's good for your soul, it man. It is, man. It's just like, look, that's ain't nothing wrong with holding on to some childhood and childish enthusiasm. It's that's a wonderful thing. Yes. And you know what else is what I what I love about that clip is all the kids pressed up against the glass and some reaching out of the windows as the buses stop there yeah. to encourage Xavier. We all need encouragement. We all need encouragement. No matter what age you are. So, I yeah. mean, if you're at work and you're and you're doing your job and it's been a while yeah. since somebody, you know, came up and said, hey, that was a great job, man. Hey, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Or, the, or the, when's the last time somebody did that for you, you know, did a job for you and you, and you said, hey, that was great. You know, yeah. I appreciate that. That's encouragement never yeah. gets old. And it so, and, and it starts... Oh, like yeah. right there with Xavier. You know what, Ernie? I forgot something on the show today. And I'd be remiss living in Arizona. I met this amazing lady a couple times, Sandra Day O'Connor. Yeah. Supreme Court Justice, first woman, passed away this week. What a wonderful, classy, special, amazing lady. And I just want her to rest in peace. I almost forgot that because I had to vent about Florida State and the Nielsen ratings. But I want to met uh, and visiting the Supreme Court was one of really one of the coolest days of my life. Sure, they play basketball. They got their own basketball court. That's why it's called the Supreme Court. I was just having a special moment, and you had to ruin it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Hey, this has been fun. It has been fun. Again, as Great it always is. And I, I hope you all at, uh, at home appreciate that. Great way to finish with those kids. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Go, Xavier. Go, Xavier. Uh, we'll see you, see you next time on uh, The I'll, Steam Room. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll bring you a Diet Coke. 